things and welcome to the Mr. Science Show. My name is Mark West and in the second of a two-part series on zombies, this week we go deeper into the dark world of the undead. In part one we managed through a combination of drugs to create zombie-like creatures who were sluggish and largely brain dead. But this week we have a shot at recreating the zombies of films such as I Am Legend. Creatures created through the transmission of a virus who are filled with rage and enjoy the taste of brains. What this has to do with a Planet of the Zombie Apes movie proposal and a methamphetamine infused biodome, you'll just have to listen in. Over to you, Dr. Boob. So. Know that there are two species of chimpanzee which are known to eat the brains of monkeys. I did not know that. I knew they were. The, I, I knew they weren't quite the loving little friendly creatures that the cartoons make out make them out to be. But I didn't know that they ate brains. Yes, they do. They do that because uh, brains are an incredibly rich source of fat. Okay, that's very interesting. And we're talking mammalian brains, so we're talking um, omega-3 fatty acids. Um, the brain is actually about 12% fat, most of which is in myelin, which is what sort of protects the nerve cells. And, uh, yeah, the it's also high in cholesterol, cholesterol. And so I have this wonderful statistic here that uh, an example 140-gram can of pork brains in milk gravy, which is a single serve, contains about 3,500 milligrams of cholesterol. And you know cholesterol is good for you. Well, uh, that amount, um, so 3.5 grams of cholesterol, is in fact 1,170% of your recommended daily allowance. <laughs> that is that is crazy. So I'm not, I'm not going to go out and have uh, brains. So is it pork brains, was it? These are pork brains. So, I mean, if you're running a bit low on some fatty acids or cholesterol, then that would be one way of really bumping it up. That's in, one way of just... Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So does the, the, fat, the fat is... Uh, so the fat's kind of padding protection for the nerve cells as opposed to fat that you eat into when you haven't eaten for a while. Yeah, it's a different kind of fat to, say, your gut or butt cheek. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, actually, quite a lot of um, ethnic groups of, of humans have been into eating brains, not of humans necessarily, but certainly of other animals. So, um, there's examples in French cuisine, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Mexico, Cameroon, Indonesia, Cuban cuisine. So, it's, you know, it's been happening all around the world. It's a bit of an old-fashioned dish as well, probably coming out of depression times where you know you're better off eating the whole animal because there's not a lot of food around absolutely i'm sure that the case of the native american tribes and possibly even the aboriginals as well they they would have eaten pretty much all the animal it just may not be documented that that the brain was one of those parts yeah but i do have to mention here a group of people in Papua New Guinea. So the four people, I don't know if this is a tribe or a group of tribes, but I'm pretty sure they're from the, uh, the mountains in Papua New Guinea. They, um, they would eat the brains of dead 
tribal chiefs or elders to create a sense of immortality. Mm. Okay. And the reason we know about this is because uh, that's actually been linked to transmission of a deadly disease called Kuru, which is a prion-based uh, disease, much like new variant Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, also known as mad cow disease. And is this, so prions, are, they, they live in the brain? Uh, they don't necessarily have to live in the brain, but yeah, a lot of their effects happen in the brain. Ah, what are they? Are they natural? Do I have prions or are they little diseases? What, what are they? So prions, are, this is uh, my understanding. I could be wrong. I'm happy to be corrected. But they're proteins that have been misfolded. And what happens is they tend to create then this conglomerate, this aggregation of misfolded proteins around themselves. And so they form these sheets like of um, just clumps of protein, um, much in the same way that um, in Alzheimer's disease you get aggregates of protein in the brain. Okay. So, so it's a little bit cancerous in some sense uh, in, in that it's I, kind of not what you want your body to be doing and it's replicating. Yeah. Itself. Yeah. So it's, but it's, it's protein based as opposed to cancer being a cell based kind of growth yeah. and accumulation. Okay. Yeah. So a prion you can absorb from eating, which is what these New Guineans were doing. And it was also the case with the mad cow, um, uh, Creutzfeldt Jakob disease, uh, in the UK, where they would eat infected meat, and that was how the, the disease was transmitted. Yeah, yeah. And so, what do what do prions do to you? Um, well, uh, in both cases, they just sort of accumulate, and you get these sort of aggregations, which uh, turn out to be kind of lesions, I guess, in the brain. So impairing brain function and, and so oh, forth. Oh, okay. So you eat them and they find their way into the blood system and get up into your brain and, and stay there and make you sick. And accumulate, yeah. And, yeah, right, okay. Yeah, I'd heard about that, that prion. So that's so this is kind of something if we, you know, last week we kind of created zombies pretty well in the lab, but if we're going to make mm. them eat brains, there might be a problem. There might be a problem, although zombies aren't known for their mental That's true. Powers. Maybe indeed this is why they have... Um, you know, lower faculties. Yeah, but if they are, like, desperate for brains, maybe it's just because they don't have enough fat and cholesterol in their diet. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So if we find some, some other source, that might satisfy their urges. <laughs> so so this, this group of people in, in Papua New Guinea, like, mm. so not everybody, you don't, clearly if you just eat brains, you're not going to eat uh, prions and get sick. So this, this particular group had, had uh, something special about them. So um, it's hard to hard to know where the the prions originated, but they were sort of perpetuated by this ritual which they had. So right. Okay, I understand. If yep. your tribal elders are, you know, die and they they are infected with this prion disease, then their brain gets ingested by the next group of leaders and transmitted, and therefore it's a sort of continual. I guess you could say that was. A sense of immortality, which is what they were going for. That's well. That's that's true. They'll all die of the same horrible disease, I guess. Yeah, and the <laughs> disease lives on. And the disease lives on. So that's right. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. And so, and 
with mad cow disease, they just killed a lot of cows, didn't they, to, to eradicate it? Yeah, so the problem with prions is they're exceptionally difficult to get rid of. Um, so, you know, in a standard um, biology lab like mine, we use autoclaves to sterilize all our equipment, which is about 121 degrees Celsius and... I'm not exactly sure how much, how many atmospheric pressures, but it's it's a really high pressurized steam temperature, and it sterilizes just about everything. But prions scoff and laugh at that kind of treatment; they happily survive that. So they're really difficult to destroy. And so, if you cook a steak, the prion's going to be fine. That's not going to get rid of it. Right. Okay. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, and you can hardly. Go and so on. yeah. Well, you can either go wash go a cow's brain. In, in, well, 120 degrees wouldn't work anyway. But uh. yeah, so um, with the with the outbreak in the UK, um, what they found was that the farmers were feeding their cattle with this sort of ground up meal, uh, which was nice and cheap. But they the meal was generated using the leftover surplus uh, parts of the carcass of previous cows Um, and so yeah one once the the dead cow was put into this and used to generate this meal the the prions sort of were in that meal and ingested by all the the subsequent cows and it was all through their their system so the infection spread rather rapidly throughout the cattle industry and so that's why there was such a massive uh, cull and the scare with using British beef. Mm, yeah. So it turns out there was um, 166 people in the UK um, that were affected by this disease. Right. I was uh, I couldn't donate blood for a while after living over there. Yeah, I had that that same issue. Yeah, which I'm sorry, blood bank. I wanted to help. Well, I, when I I lived in Nottingham for about six or seven months back in 2001, 2002, and we just didn't eat beef. No one did. I really missed it. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as I got back to Australia, the first thing I had was a massive steak. (laughs) And how was your cholesterol? Did you need some brains? (laughs) I probably did. And so if you're living in the north of England, your cholesterol was probably uh, brimming anyway. That wasn't the best segue, I know, but I'm still a bit zombie-like. I've only been up for, you know. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> yeah. um, well, so you know, after living back in Australia for a few years, I've, I'm now living in, in Boston, in America, as you know. Yes. And last year there was um, a few scares uh, widely publicised here. I'm not sure how the news travelled globally, but... There was a series of attacks um, that have been referred to now as the zombie attacks. Mm. And, and what this actually 
uh, is. So the first one was actually captured on video and used to be up on YouTube. I think it's been taken down. I certainly hope it's been taken down. I never saw it and really don't want to. But um, the video of this first attack happened in Miami and it was a naked man named Rudy Eugene and he was crouched over an unconscious uh, I think he was unconscious yeah homeless man and this uh, he he was crouched over and he couldn't really see what he was doing but he the police were there and they started talking yelling at him he rose and he growled at the police officers with pieces of flesh hanging from his mouth. <laughs> yes. And he withstood five gunshots before succumbing on the sixth. Right. So Rudy <laughs> was basically eating the face of this homeless man. Oh, goodness me. And now he's dead, so we don't know his motivations. We do know his motivations. Oh. It was what was what was called methamphetamine psychosis. Okay. So Rudy had quite the methamphetamine habit, and in particular, bath salts. B- bath salts have bath salts. Not, not tra- actual. Bath <laughs> yeah, not, not your traditional bath salts. <laughs> this really confused me. I have to say for for a while until I got to the bottom of it. But bath salts is actually a slang term for a drug a methamphetamine drug, which is related to speed. Oh. And it got the nickname bar salts because the crystals actually look quite similar to Epsom salts. Okay. And the so amphetamines will cause deep paranoia and intense rage in, you know, excess. And they also numb pain receptors and they, they juice the user with godlike energy. And that's... <laughs> It sounds very zombie-like, yeah. doesn't it? Well, except for the massive energy that they have. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly what motivation he had for eating the face off the homeless guy, yeah, we'll never know. But there's been subsequent copycat kind of attacks, but also linked to bath salts and methamphetamines. So did the, um, did the homeless guy live? Good question. I don't know. I hope so. And so now if we're, if we're building something, building a zombie in the lab, we, these, these bath salts sound like they'd be pretty useful, at least if we can control the, uh, the energy side of it. Actually, maybe if we wanted to make the, the zombies kind of like I Am Legend and 28 Days Later, that sort of raging, uh, yes. rapid moving, yes, that we- might be the way to do it. Because they weren't sort of slow moving, head tilted to the side, saying brains. They were, they were superhero. Um, at least in I Am Legend, which I've seen more recently, they they just couldn't mm. come out during the day. But they, and we talked about this last time, whether the split between mm. in day and non day zombies. But these guys just yeah. were, were were crazy fit. Um, and yeah, and then same in Twenty Eight Days, there there was a, a rage virus, but. I think those effects could be more or less done with methamphetamine, but it just would be a how do you transmit that and then add to your army of zombies, and I don't think necessarily that but bath the, salts would do the trick. But uh, no, no, but it's very interesting that the, uh, 
the, you know, it wouldn't be quite instant, but maybe if we go back to the, uh, the the prions. Prions or prions? I think I've mucked it up again. Prions. Prions. If we go back to the prions, that's a, a good way of transmitting the uh, disease, except I imagine yes. it just takes a long time for you to start getting sick. So, yeah, prions have a really long um, incubation period. Uh, so the Kreuzfeld Jakob would take 30 months up to eight years in some cases. So it's not exactly an overnight success. No, no. So that's, But maybe, maybe we can speed that process up one way or another. Yeah, maybe dosage. Maybe, maybe through some massive dosage. And once one, once one person is dosed up, the next person on their methamphetamine, bath salts, rage, eats their brains mm. and um, suffers quickly, turns into a zombie. Mm. And uh, or gets sick anyway, and uses that as a way of trans. I don't know. See, we then we need then we need to give give the next guy bath salts. So we need to somehow transfer those uh, characteristics with the the prions. Mm. I don't know how we do that. No, I don't don't know that I can. Because yeah, they'll be biting. So the biting you can definitely transfer any infectious disease through the, the mouth and the bite and the skin. Maybe we need to build one of those, you know, big biodomes and just have it rain methamphetamine on the... Uh, oh, just, yeah, just have it the... constantly pumped into the, into yeah. the air supply. That's right, that's right. I mean, it must kill them. Presumably there's a limit to the, the amount of methamphetamine your brain can can take. Well, I, I think that's certainly about the, the limit where Rudy Eugene was... <laughs> That's right. <He's laughs> stopped. So to, to do that every day can't be good for him. No, no. It's, that's his sort of reaction, this psychosis, comes from long-term abuse. This is not a you know, one-time overdose necessarily. This is a, a history of, of drug use and abuse. Yeah, so this is... So we've got... So we've, we, we've, we're able, I, think, I think we're able to make an individual zombie and we're able to uh, get, you know, we've got the eating brains and the people getting sick from eating brains, but I, I don't know that, that this is going to be able to replicate in the lab, not as well as, you know, Haitian voodoo last week. No, but, well, the same issue with the Haitian voodoo was expanding the army beyond one person, so. That's right. Well, this is where we need our biodome. And then have yes. like like nineteen eighty four have like a big screen with everybody kind of yep. being hypnotized or, or however the, however it works oh with the various drugs so we'd have to have the um, the various drugs that that you mentioned in in the rain or in the water supply or something. I'm thinking that we could we could set it up nicely on say a spaceship or a confined space like that a submarine would work. Oh no! But how good would a spaceship be? Because then look at the movie possibilities. Because the ship could That's crash. It could yeah. crash into another planet and colonize it and kill the inhabitants, or, or you know, like 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 Planet of the Apes, really. And then they'd find out it was Earth all along, but they've gone back in time or something. I mean, it'd be awesome. <laughs> and they'd be zombies. The zombie Planet of the Apes. Zombie. Or the planet of the Zombie Apes. <laughs> yeah, we could do it. With, we'll do it with apes because the chimps eat each other's brains. We, yeah, the chimps already eat brains. That's right. Oh, this is all coming together. <laughs> so planet of the zombie apes uh yeah. and, then, and then they uh they rise and this sounds really good yes if anyone from hollywood is listening yeah if anybody out there know. well yeah if anybody out there listens uh, <laughs> 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 uh and and then if if any subset of that has anything to do with movie production give us a call 
Can I just take this opportunity to say hi, Mum? You may. Thanks. And hi, Mrs. West. Uh, I think you can call her Robin now. Um, I, I, uh, <laughs> and hello, Mrs. Anne Pettigrew. Um, <laughs> I'm hedging my bets. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think Mum's listened to one of these podcasts for some time, but I did, I did subscribe her and set it all up. But, you know, computers, they're, they're, they're hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now if she does listen to it, I've insulted her. So sorry, Mum. Yeah, that, that was all him, Robin. It was nothing to do with me. Here's a tale of a man, an American, with a bottle of soba in his hand, Big John. He's walking the land, growing all that he can. He's a cowboy, vegetarian, Big John. So I believe, if I'm remembering our previous conversation, there was one more zombie effect left, but I can't remember what it was. Um, here, yes, there is a, a really interesting, uh, Canadian mathematician who we ah, need to yes. talk about. Yes, yes. His name is Robert J. Smith, question mark. <laughs> He's actually legally changed his name to include the question mark. Ah, so how do you, how do you say that in Canadian? Robert J. Smith? Like, you I, have to, I, I say it like a question? Yeah. Um, it immediately made me think of The Cure, uh, and their lead oh, singer, course. Rob Smith. Yes, yes. I'm not sure if his middle name's Jay or not, but he certainly doesn't have the question mark at the end, last I checked. Uh, no, but I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, you know those musicians. Look at Prince. He's like a symbol, or he used to be. <laughs> and Snoop Lion. <laughs> That's Snoop Lion. Well, didn't he, go to the, uh, didn't he go to the Caribbean or somewhere? Maybe he knows something a little bit about it. Yeah, um, he's releasing his inner reggae at the moment, so that's yeah. where the lion comes from. Oh, good. Very good. Yes, but anyway, let's get back to Robert J. Smith. And he's a mathematician, and what he has managed to do is put forward a mathematical model of a zombie pandemic. Yes, this sounds so, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So the model focuses on the, the modern zombies, which are a little bit more like the 28 Days or, um, you know, the quick-moving I Am Legend-style zombie. So yep. uh, the here's a quote from the paper. An outbreak of zombies is likely to be disastrous unless extremely aggressive tactics are employed against the undead. It is imperative that zombies are dealt with quickly, or else we are all in a great deal of trouble. Very now, as, mm. as it's a scientific paper, I think the fact that they've actually used the phrase, a great deal of trouble. Mm. So academic papers yeah. usually can be translated into real English, saying, we're all up shit creek. That's right. If we're all in a great deal of trouble. Um, yeah, so his basic strategy that's likely to succeed, in fact, the only strategy that's likely to succeed is basically impulsive eradication, go hard or we're stuffed. Right, so if, so if there's a zombie outbreak somewhere, we've got to, we've got to yeah. squish it down as soon as it starts. Yeah, only sufficiently frequent attacks with increasing force will result in eradication, assuming the available resources can be mustered in time. If the time scale of the outbreak increases, the result is the doomsday scenario. An outbreak of zombies will result in collapse of civilization, with every human either infected or dead. 
This is because human births and deaths will provide the undead with a limitless supply of new bodies to infect, resurrect, and convert. So, so it sounds like he's modeling like a pandemic or something. So, so it yeah. starts with a disease or a virus or something. And then... Well, it's essentially the same, same setup of modeling a, a pandemic viral disease or a zombie Yes, so some, outbreak. some couple differential equations or something. Okay, so what? Uh, so we've got to re- really get on it quickly, otherwise we're all gone. But see, yeah. the zombies need some smarts because if they just eat us, I mean, there's a limitless supply of humans, but not if it's converting us. So they really need to quarantine a certain amount of people for a farm, I think. Oh, you were, you were saying this last time as well about, um, you know, a Matrix-style farming system for... Yeah, because at some point there's not there's not limitless food, you know, because humans mm. humans will either be zombies or, or dead, and we won't be reproducing. I mean that that would be one way to kill off the zombies. You kill off yourself as well, but stop reproducing. True. Yeah, it's then, a standard parasitic kind of approach, isn't it? You feed off what you can, and then that's it. Yeah, so the zombies would have to be smart. They'd have to stop growing at some point. Now they might not be able to. They might not have any control of this. If this is a, if it's mm. a viral thing, then humans are just going to get infected anyway. But if at some point the virus disappears and they only spread by, by killing humans and eating their brains or, or whatever they do, uh, then they, they need to be smart. Yeah. So in Robert J. Smith's little model, Robert J. Smith. Rob. Yes, Rob J. Smith. If an infection breaks out in a city of five hundred thousand people. That's a reasonable size city. That's good. That's like Canberra or bigger, bigger than Canberra. Yeah. Zombies will outnumber the susceptibles in about three days. Wow. Okay. That's that, not long. That's not long at all. That's, that's yeah. Gonna, that, that could wipe out our entire system of government. Well, I'm not sure that we'd really notice any difference. It'd be a shame, wouldn't it? What a horrible shame that would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cue the political joke. Yeah, political satire, goodness. Uh, We're funny. Haven't we progressed? I know, I know. It used to be just poo and we, and now we're talking about politics. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, okay, so three days. So he makes some assumptions about how, how quickly it's going to spread, but that, that's very interesting. Mm. Yeah, so we need to be careful. Yes. So if you, you suspect, if you suspect someone is a zombie, you need to kill them straight away. I think that's what the moral of the Robert J. Smith story. Yeah, I feel like that's what it said. So mm. if they're if they're crouching over someone eating brains, so those police officers were doing the right thing. I think in that case they were definitely doing the right thing. Obviously, they would have been um, talking to Rudy, saying, "Hey, what are you doing? Stop that! Calm down!" Clearly, he wasn't paying much attention. Amazing that he Amazing. survived four shots before the fifth one killed him. Uh, five or, before six, yeah. But this six. is... But it's the same as um, a lot of methamphetamine drugs like um, angel dust and, and those kind of things. PCP, I think, as well. Okay. Mm. okay. Yeah, so they... Yeah, the, the user in that psychotic state is just like, unbelievably energetic and... Hard to stop. So it would be a good performance-enhancing drug? I think um, it's 
entirely possible that the Australian Sporting Club culture is already well aware of. <laughs> They'll be well aware of methamphetamines. Yes. <laughs> well, I think so, because the dance culture has been aware of it for a number of years. So. They have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it's pretty easy to detect this, this stuff. I don't think you need any yeah. blood passports for it. I think it's all in your urine. Yeah. Um, so yes, maybe they're a little. Maybe some. Maybe the bullfed sports players are a little wise to that. Yeah, but the, the it doesn't stay in your system for urine for very long though. But there's traces of it in your hair follicles, isn't there? Ah, oh, no, I've heard of that test. Um, yeah, is that right? I believe that's why shaved his head um, after he was trying to make his AF come back. Really, that's interesting. I'd never thought of that, but that. That makes sense, especially if he's because he was he wasn't, as far as I'm aware, not accused of any performance enhancing drugs, was he? They were all sort of social party drugs. Well, yes, but then, like we've already said, that if it does fill you with energy and makes you feel godlike, I yes. imagine that that's probably useful to have on the sporting field. Yeah, it could be. You're not going to be much of a team man, and don't take too many because you'll start eating your captain's face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> good advice. <laughs> so, yes, keep it in control. <laughs> well, on that cheery note. Yeah, I, I think we should possibly stress that uh, we don't recommend the use of methamphetamines in any situation, possibly. Yes, and um, certainly not the eating of other people's brains, the eating no. of prions. Um, or, or necessarily killing someone you just suspect of being a zombie. If there's some sort of proof you have, go for it. Yeah, have have some reasonably high burden of level of burden of proof there. I think. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, maybe not. Doesn't need to be beyond reasonable doubt, but maybe some sort of balance of probabilities thing. And I'm not even sure how you go about killing a zombie. You you sever the head. Is that? Well, what's the? It's not like a vampire where you go through the heart. I think it's yeah. It's a Sever the head, sort of thing, mm. um, or blow okay. them up, or or whatever. Because I'm not entirely sure how that you know the circulatory system works and the breathing. Okay, so maybe it's just like killing a human. But they're already dead, aren't they? Well, as we yeah. discovered last week, they weren't. The the Haitian ones weren't dead. They were just yeah, uh, uh, unconscious, unconscious on some level. They were just drugged up. They were just drugged up. So maybe that's mm. that's what it is. Mm. Oh well, let's let's keep that in mind. And if anybody wants to uh, make our movie that we suggested about Planet of the Zombie Apes, give us a call. Um, yeah. And if anyone wants to invest in a massive biodome in which you put methamphetamine and other various drugs in the water supply to create a zombie colony, um, I think that's probably unethical. But I'd be very interested to see the results. <laughs> totally agree with that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> It would be fascinating. <laughs> it would be fascinating. I, I, I get the feeling that there'd be a lot of um, issues along the way. Yeah. You know, the ethics, yeah, eth getting... ethics committees aren't going to be thrilled. Well, that's all we have time for in this week's edition of the Mr. Science Show. And again, thank you to Dr. Boob, Dr. Chris Pettigrew, this time coming to us from Boston for his intimate knowledge of the world of creating superheroes, and in this case, creating zombies. 
If you want to fund our movie idea for Planet of the Zombie Apes, just get in touch. Get over to the website www.mrscienceshow.com. And from there, you can also find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Dr. Boob is new to Twitter, so find him out and be his friend. Take care, and we'll see you next time on the Mr. Science Show. Believe me, it hurts to let him know the truth.